Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. I want to read to you out of the book of Luke, chapter 2. Verse 1, it says this, During those days, the Roman Empire, Caesar Augustus, ordered the first census to be taken throughout his empire. Everyone had to travel to their hometown of their family to complete the mandatory census. So Joseph and his wife Mary left Nazareth, left for Galilee, and journeyed to their hometown of Judea, to the village of Bethlehem. King David's ancient home. They were required to register there since they were both descendants of David. Mary was pregnant and nearly ready to give birth. When she arrived at Bethlehem, Mary went into labor and she gave birth to their firstborn son, Jesus. She wrapped the newborn in ba- baby in strips of cloth and Mary and Joseph laid him in a feeding trough since there was no available space in any upper room village. That night in a field near Bethlehem, the shepherds were watching over their flocks and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field. Could you imagine that moment when the presence of God manifests in that field? With the blazing glory, the shepherds were terrified. But in verse 10, it says this, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid. <laughs> what a great word in this season, this time in the earth. Don't be afraid. Don't freak out. Don't overthink. Don't get overwhelmed. There is nothing to fear because Jesus, our great God, is with us. Amen. For I've come to bring you good news, the most joyous news that the world has ever heard, and it is for everyone, everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born, the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. And you will recognize him by his miraculous signs. I love verse 12. You'll recognize him by what? His miraculous signs. It didn't say you'll recognize him by his Gucci belt. You won't recognize him by his social platforms. You won't recognize him by his blue check mark next to his social media feed. You won't recognize him by all the celebrities he hangs out with. It said what? You will recognize him by what? His miraculous signs and wonders. Why? Because our Jesus is a Jesus that heals with signs and wonders. He healed the blind, the paralyzed, the leopards, the woman, the man with the issue, with the deformed hand. Jesus heals the sad, the angry, the depressed, the lonely, any condition, mental, physical, emotionally, Jesus what? He healed them all. And the word said you would know that he is your king. You would know that he is your savior by what? by his miraculous signs and wonders. I am so thankful today 
that we are worshiping a God. We are worshiping not an idea of something, but we are worshiping Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, that he is here to heal it all. Amen? Verse 12. You'll recognize him by his signs. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth, laying in a feeding trough. Then all at once in the night sky, a vast, glorious number of angels appeared, the vast armies of heaven, and they were all praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest, for there is peace and good hope given to the sons of men. When the choir of angels disappeared and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Let's go. Something about that right there where you go, yeah, I want to find out who this Jesus is. I want to be close to this Jesus. I want to find out the Jesus that heals and restores. I want to find the real, true, authentic meaning of Christmas. I want to find something that's real to our life, something that will change our life. He says, let's go. Hurry. Let's find this word, the one who was born in Bethlehem. Let's see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and there was a baby laying in the feeding trough. You know, we have a way as humans at overcomplicating things. Can I get an amen from anybody? We, we overcomplicate things all the time. And we take really, really, really simple things and we make it just overly complicated and we make it such a big deal. Go ahead and put up that picture for me. Uh, this is a picture of one of my neighbor's uh, house. Anybody live next to somebody that has like perfect lights on their house, okay? And, and every, every day when I come home at night and I see this house, I'm not gonna lie, I am just so jealous of how their house looks, okay? I mean, it's just beautiful. Perfect lights, the wreaths at the top, they got bows on it. I mean, I'm just like, man, you've won the award. You, you, you beat everybody this year, okay? You know what's funny is that we're in this Christmas season, and, and I want to I enjoy it. And I'm sure all of us feel the same way. Man, we want to enjoy this season. We want to enjoy our families. We want to enjoy Christmas. But how many of you know that sometimes Christmas can just become so complicated, and we don't enjoy anything? It's a burden. Christmas you know, quickly becomes about Christmas pictures and the, you know, lights in the house and you gotta have the best gifts and there's 20 different Christmas events and you got Christmas dinner and Christmas pies and Christmas cookies and you got Christmas music and Christmas stockings and Christmas PJs and Christmas parties and Christmas treats and Christmas lightings and Christmas parades. There's just so many different Christmas things that we have to be a part of. And by the time that Christmas Day arrives, we are Christmas tired, and we are Christmas worn out, and we are Christmas exhausted, and we are in Christmas debt. Can I get an amen from anybody? We're so good. We're so good at complicating Christmas. 
We're so good at taking really simple things and forgetting about the truth and the power that comes through the story of Christmas. We're so good at making Christmas about traditions, man-made traditions that have zero power and zero ability to change anybody's life. You know what we're also really good at? We're really good at oversimplifying things. Like this manger. You know, we, we, we look at this manger and we think, you know what, that's just like a cute little prop for our Christmas picture, right? Okay? Go to have our Christmas pictures and we like, oh, we gotta have the manger. You know, and, you know, and our idea and our thought about the manger and our idea and thought about Christmas is that, you know, we have this cute manger and, you know, it's got its hay and strips of cloth and baby Jesus was in there and it was just such a cute, tiny little moment. And, and that's our picture of Christmas. We just overcomplicate or oversimplify moments like this. And, and our idea of Christmas really has no power. It has no ability to bring anything that would really change our soul. So today, I wanna make sure that during this Christmas, we see something like this very, very differently. That we have a different perspective this Christmas of what this manger actually meant and what it actually represents. Let me read you this little passage. It says this. At the birth of the Lamb, the priestly shepherds would wrap a lamb in cloths and lay them in a manger, lined with soft hay to prevent them from hurting themselves. For the Passover lamb must be unblemished with no bruise and no broken bones. The sign that these shepherds found that day, the sign that they were looking for that day would be a baby boy lying where? In a manger. Where what? the Passover lamb should be. When these shepherds came that night, see, they were coming, and typically in that day, in that time, they were right there in Passover. I know that we celebrate Christmas in December, but if we really biblically understand the story of when Jesus came, it was probably in the springtime because the shepherds, they were out tending their field and they're out tending their sheep, and they come and where the Passover lamb should be where the lamb, the perfect lamb, but where they would sacrifice the lamb should be laying in the manger perfectly so there would be no bruising, there would be no broken bones, laying there instead of the lamb laying there, there was a baby boy laying there. <laughs> See, Jesus didn't come so that we could have some perfect little Christmas. Jesus came to do what? To give his life. Jesus came for what? To be the barrier between us and the destroyer, just as the perfect lamb was sacrificed that night at Passover. When they sacrificed the lamb at Passover and they took the blood of the lamb and they painted it over their door to do what? To make a barrier between them and the destroyer that was coming through Egypt that night. Just as that happened in that moment, in that very time, this is why Jesus came. This is why we celebrate Christmas. 
This is why we celebrate our great King, because our great King came to be the barrier between us and the death and the destruction that the enemy would try to bring upon our lives. This manger represents so much more than just a cute little Christmas prop that we have. This manger represents life. This manger represents joy. This manger represents peace. This manger represents the one who has come to heal and restore and renew and change your entire life. This manger represents what Christmas truly is. It is a celebration of our great God. It is a celebration of Jesus giving his life for us. It is a celebration of our great God and who he is. Every time you think about this manger and you see a picture of this manger, I want you to think, man, my God, he is so good. He is so faithful. He is so kind that he would come and take my place. Because here's the deal. Jesus came to love, to heal, to protect, to save us from what? Real death. Real death. See, we're all gonna die. Hate to tell you. The day's coming, that moment's coming, and in Jesus' name, it's far away, and we're believing that a bunch of us won't ever see that day because we're gonna get raptured, amen, okay? That sounds better. But even if we do die, our hope and our desire here at Elevate Church is to make sure that you don't experience the real true death. And what is the real true death? The real true death is a separation from the God of the universe who created you and made you and knows you and loves you. See, there's this thing after this life called eternity. And you can either fear eternity or you can be super excited about it. For me, every day I wake up and go, man, I can't wait to see Jesus. I can't wait to be with him. I can't wait to be in his presence because I love him so much and I love his love and his grace that satisfies and makes me complete. So for me, when I think about eternity, I think about it in a way that I go, man, I'm so excited about what God's doing, and I'm so excited about what he's doing in my life, but I'm so excited for the life to come, the eternity that I get to spend in the presence of God. Now, if you don't know Jesus that way, and if you don't know him in that manner, and you don't understand that he came to bring you that life and to save your life, death is something that you run from. Death is something that you hide from. Death is something that you just can't even fathom because you go, I don't know what's on the other side of this life. But can I tell you today, on the other side of this life is the eternity with the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit that loves you and wants to be close to you. That's why Jesus came, so that you could spend eternity in his great presence, amen? Why don't you stand up with me this morning? I want to give an opportunity today 
that if you've never accepted Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, today's your moment. Today's your opportunity. I can feel his grace in the room. I can feel his love in the room. And I want you to know that's just the love of God pulling you close to him to let you know how much he loves you. And he wants to be close to you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to know him and his wonders and his power and his might and his miraculous signs. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray this prayer together, all of us together. And today, if that's you in this room, I want you to believe it in your heart. The Bible says if you believe it in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he is faithful, faithful because of why he came, because that he died on a cross, because he took all of your sin, all of your mistakes upon his body, he is faithful, he is able to forgive you to also bring grace to your life and start a relationship that will change you for the rest of your life. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Father, today I choose in the name of Jesus to believe in Jesus Christ, to put my hope, to put my faith, to put my trust in him alone. I believe today that Jesus came to be the barrier between me and the destroyer. So today, I choose life. I choose the one to save my soul, Jesus Christ. I believe in you, and I love you, and I praise you. Come on, can we give it up for Jesus today? Can we get real loud for the grace and the goodness and the glory of our great God and King?